Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA, get a quote today. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora. Always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, Season 13, Episode 134. He's Dave Bryan. I'm Alex Kazora, SteelersDepot.com. Thanks for being back with us here this Wednesday, Steelers Nation. Dave, the Pittsburgh Steelers kicking off their 2023 OTAs. First practice was on Tuesday, so the entire roster, mostly the entire roster, hitting the field. They'll be out there on Wednesday and Thursday before taking a couple days off and getting back out there Next week. So always a busy time of year with interviews and transactions and visits and all those things are happening right now in Pittsburgh, Dave. You got your shorts on? I don't know what that means, but I do. <laughs> football in shorts season. Oh, football in shorts. Yes, I got my uh, sh- well, I'm in shells uh, today. Ah, uh, yeah, we've officially hit uh, football in 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 short season here and yeah, the uh, let's see next uh, what three four weeks. Let's see the mandatory mini camp. Uh, so I guess it's the next four weeks in a row uh, here. Obviously, the rookie mini camp runs this week through. Or I'm sorry, the OTA first session runs through the 25th, uh, which is Thursday, and then next week is three days running through the first. Uh, the following week, uh, four days to wrap up OTAs. I reckon they're probably going to be a Dave and Buster's trip or something uh, maybe in there than mandatory mini camp uh, after that. So, yeah, going to be some some uh, some busier times here these next four weeks. And uh, it's been it's never stopped, really. Uh, Mm -hmm. And we've got a lot of lot of kind of newsy and observation type uh, things to discuss to kick the show off today and some few transactions that would that happen obviously right after the last show ended there yeah so let's dive right on in we'll start with some of the transaction type stuff and the big news is reportedly that veteran outside linebacker pass rusher Marcus Golden is visiting the Pittsburgh Steelers initially reported for Tuesday Josina Anderson says the visit is actually today Wednesday and so I assume that to be uh, the correct information. So Marcus Golden, two years removed from 11 sack season, what, 32 years old, a longtime Arizona Cardinal is in Pittsburgh today to potentially sign and give this team additional outside linebacker depth. Yeah, uh, probably a guy when you start going through that list, you, 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 you know, you, you can circle for obvious reasons. And I think even going way back to his, he's a Missouri product, right? Uh, uh, was it, didn't we determine that Joey Porter was at that one? I think at the time, that's a good question. I'd have to check it. It was, it was a while ago, so I'm not entirely sure top of my head here. You know, if I had my druthers of, 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 of a few guys that we've talked about, you know, a little bit here and there throughout the all season, I, I, I think I'd want Kyle Van Noy, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, but Look at this at this part of the off season here. <laughs> you get past man, you get past the uh, rookie mini camps, and you get into the start of OTAs, and you start looking at the list of uh, of uh, you know available free agents and all, and you know especially look at the edge guys. I mean, Golden would make sense uh, overall, but I, I still think I I I would much rather have a guy like Kyle Van Noy. Than, than I would uh, Marcus Golden. But uh, the object here, I think, and, and I think we both agree on this, uh, it, it or the outcome on this is that they're, they're probably going to sign a veteran edge at some point here. And it could be today with Marcus Golden. And they should. They still think they need to. We've talked about edge being a position this team still could, could really add some veteran depth, which has become typical for this team, whether it's Moven Ingram or, you know, I guess kind of a in-season Taco Charlton. Uh, names like that have kind of been in the mix during uh, summers and, and falls for Pittsburgh on the fly. I'll, I'll start off by making one a tongue-in-cheek comment that if Marcus Golden is is signed, 
he and Nick Herbig can feed each other because they're part of the short arms club. <laughs> Golden's got 31 and an eighth inch arms, but obviously it has not stopped him from having a successful career. He's a bit kind of stockier and bigger than what Herbig is, but interesting just kind of note there with, um, you know, Herbig kind of penciled in as that quasi number three outside linebacker right now. But yeah, veteran depth, this team has to, to add there. They realized how much their defense fell apart last year when TJ Watt went down and, you know, him and Highsmith have battled injuries over the last couple of seasons. So you need to have that quality number three, like somebody that's bigger that can play the run. So it's better than a Yannick and Gawkway or something like that. So um, I'd be, you know, for the signing, just on the principle alone of having some proven veteran edge depth on this team. I Kyle Van Noy is a, is, is a member of the uh, short arm, our club club oh, yeah. men as well too, isn't he? <laughs> um, oh, is he? I thought he was a. I have to check here. I don't know what his uh, arm length was. He is. Yeah, he's thirty one and five eight. So I guess either way, you're getting a short arm pass rusher. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but once again, is it a, is it a coincidence that that guys like that with the shorter arms are still on the market at this point? Well, they're also <laughs> older too. But sure. uh, uh, but you know, even Kyle Van Noy was coming off a pretty cheap. Uh, deal that, that we've already talked about last year. What was uh, Marcus Golden? Uh, what's he coming off of? It's a good question. I don't know what if he's been a year-to-year type guy. Then he had that 11 sack season in 2021. I don't know how much that impacted his value. Um, I know he signed for cheap. Okay, there was one time where he signed for really cheap, and it felt like you know he got uh, the team got a steal. Was uh, was that in 19 with the Giants? I think. Maybe, might have been. I, might have been. I, I don't. I don't remember on that. I know it looks like last year with the Cardinals, he had uh, uh, his cap number was four point three four. So it looks like he had a base salary and some prorated signing bonus. Maybe that was a three. Year, was, that might have been He's, a three year deal he was coming off of or something. He had signed an extension in September of last year. Okay. He'd been signing a couple of extensions with Arizona. So that seems to be where he never became a free agent, but just kind of kept re-upping with mm-hmm. the team. Okay. Well, needless to say, if they signed him at this point, we wouldn't expect that to be a lot of money. So, uh, and yeah, we'll, he's, he's evidently going to be visiting today. So by the time we, maybe if we string this podcast out for a little bit, we can, right. we can catch some news, but uh, we'll, uh, if we don't, you know, we'll obviously have it up on the site. Now, Omar knows when we hit the stop record button, and that's when the move comes in. And that's what happened on Wednesday, because literally maybe two minutes after we were done with the podcast on, on Monday, Pittsburgh made a slew of roster moves with three players being released, one being signed, uh, players being released include Master Teague, running back Master Teague, linebacker Tate Crowder, and linebacker Amike Igbule. Uh, being signed as one of the tryout guys who was participating in rookie minicamp with Pittsburgh in Toby and Dukeway out of Sam Houston State. And so right now the roster sits at 87. The headline of these couple of moves really was Master Teague, not that this is going to be the next Pro Bowl running back, but a guy that you and I talked about, someone we were excited to watch in the summer, somebody who might have had an opportunity to capture that third running back spot on this roster. Yeah, I'm glad I got that post done when I did. <laughs> uh, and and I, I made sure to even write in there. I think we talked on the, on the podcast about it, too, is about, you know, if he makes it all the way through the summer. Well, uh, didn't even make it a week uh, uh, past uh, us, uh, me writing about it and us talking about it. But uh, I wonder what happened there. You know, and once again, you have a guy that that in 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 Master Teague that you know with the way things transpired from for him last summer there, and then obviously being brought back to the roster late in the season there, and you know uh, uh, futures contract and all like that. You kind of thought, okay, well maybe, maybe they'll give this guy a a longer look this summer, and you know had that happened, it it, it felt like there was you know a potential opportunity for him uh, there especially if he could play on special teams but well here we are a week later and he's off the roster and they you know that that might that that's probably going to be it for him unless you know they have some injuries or something like that at the running back position so it just goes to show you how quickly uh things can change especially with these fringe guys and especially with the guys that 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 signed those reserve future contracts you know, right after the season ends and you know, along those lines there. And, you know, Tay Crowder is another guy that mm-hmm. you kind of wondered, uh, you know, you know, m- maybe there was a little something, something to, to, to work with, with him. Uh, you know, 
him being part of the offseason roster. And now that's obviously out the door as well, too. So uh, I don't think this is going to change any odds, right, with the uh, uh, the Steelers Super Bowl chances <laughs> or, or win totals or anything like that. But uh, they were definitely a couple of couple of players on this offseason roster that, you know, had they made it to uh, training camp, you know, would have been interesting to see what would happen. But no longer the case. Sure. Nothing I'm losing sleep over. Maybe with Teague was just maybe the special teams is never going to be what he could do. And if you can't be a special teamer, it's going to be hard to make the team as at number three. I was talking with Alfonso Graham, the, the the rookie running back who got signed as a tryout guy from Morgan State. He's actually got a fair amount of special teams background. He's even played gunner before um, throughout his college career. So he's a guy that probably has that special teams capability that, that a guy like Teague may not. Yeah, with Crowder. I mean, that inside linebacker room looks a little thin right now, at least in terms of the depth. I mean, right now you have Holcomb, who's not fully participating with that foot injury he's coming off of. Landon Roberts, Mark Robinson, Tanner Moose, like those are your top guys. And Muse, of course, is, a, is really a special teamer. So I thought Crowder would stick and maybe compete just, you know, for some proven NFL experience type depth. So that one surprised me a little bit as well. But again, I don't know what the reason behind it was. Look, you can go around this roster right now, right? I, we just talked about outside linebacker. You know, uh, you could, could could use a body there. You could you could use uh, inside linebacker, and you know, even uh, Josh Carney, I think, wrote this morning and, and had a terrible take yesterday about uh, you know the 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 depth at that uh, running back position right now. Who's going to be number three? You know. It may be somebody not on this roster, and I think Josh had the article today about a couple of outside options, one of them being Benny Snell, who remains a free agent, which would be, I think, a, a quality number three from what that role is asked to do when everybody's healthy to be a special teams, you know, hand in the pile, do the, the little things, do the dirty work. That's what Benny Snell has done throughout his NFL career. But if not him, then another veteran running back. I would mention Malcolm Brown as somebody that I think would, would make some sense. But yeah, I think you're seeing... You know, until and unless Marcus Golden or some other vet equivalent signs, you're seeing a lack of depth at edge. Inside linebackers a bit thin. There's questions at slot corner. And that number three running back spot is is pretty up in the air right now. So those are all kind of, you know, things we're looking at as OTAs begin. I know I was going to ask you, do you, when was the last time you remember this team starting OTAs without a full 90-man roster? It's a good question. I don't know when. I, I thought they would be at 90 and maybe they get there. Fairly quickly, but yeah, they got, you know, even if you get golden signed today, you got two spots open. So I'm not really sure what they're waiting for. Yeah. Uh, well, obviously they're going to fill them at some point here. I, I kind of thought they would have filled them by now. So maybe by the end of the week. Yeah. So we, we shall see on that, but we'll start with Marcus Golden and see if he signs and, and kind of proceed from there. All right, Dave, from an OTA standpoint, lots of interviews, a lot of discussion, not even sure exactly where to start overall. Let's kind of put a bow on the Pickett, Ben comments. Pickett, of course, speaking with the media on the first day of OTAs. Talked about a lot of relevant football things, but just briefly, you know, was asked about his impression of the Ben podcast and, and, and of course, the, the comments that Ben made about his initial feelings uh, toward Pickett and Pickett saying all the right things, as you would expect, basically saying, I'm glad that this guy's in my corner, you know, hashed everything out, good conversation, so... Hopefully that saga is going to be largely put to bed. Yeah, I would imagine the major media side of it, of the Ben bashing and all like that should come to an, mostly come to an end by noon today. <laughs> uh, and, 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 you know, as far as that, as far as Kenny uh, went yesterday, uh, I think he got kind of back to back questions on, on, on that. And I, you know, I thought he handled them perfectly as, as kind of you would, he's going to turn what 24 in two weeks. I mean, He's like uh, 24 going on 34, it feels like, with, with with the way he handles these media sessions. And I think he's going to be on 93.7 to fan later today. And uh, my hope for him, though, at some point is he, he says, okay, I got these, you know, I understand why he's doing all these interviews at the start of OTAs and all like that because didn't Ben normally make the rounds or, or start you know, mm -hmm. do that every year as well, too. But uh, I, I'm, I'm ready for him to just, 
be left alone, (laughs) Uh, you know, and not have to have the microphone in his face uh, every day and, you know, concentrate on the rest of it. I mean, once again, it's no fault of his own. They have media responsibilities, especially this time of year after the off season and and people not having access uh, to them. But, but by the end of this week, uh, go interview some of those other guys on the roster and, 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 and let these uh, starters and all do their thing. Yeah, I'm with you, Dave. Just one one last thought, and I don't want to spend more than a minute or two on it, but as my terrible take today, as I listen more to Ben's comments, and he's made this comment a couple times on his podcast, I don't think Ben was ready to personally retire after 2021. I think he wanted to come back for at least one more season. I think it was Pittsburgh looking to move on more than Ben was really looking to hang up the cleats and move on with life's work, because he made the comment about several times that he still felt felt like he could do it. He still had it. And I don't think he did, but I think Ben felt like he did. That's the competitor inside of him. So I think that might be the root of some of that initial resentment he felt because I think in Ben's mind, he wanted to come back in 22. He wanted to play at least one more season. Yeah, I, I, I can, I can see where you're coming from on that. And, and I, if he came out and actually said that it, it would, it wouldn't surprise me. So, yeah. uh, but I mean, they, you know, uh, they, they made the right move. They did. They did. But I think, I mean, Ben has said many times on his podcast that he felt like he could still play. He still had something left to, to give. And I think Pittsburgh pushed him out a little bit and was like, we're, we're ready to move on. This is the time to move on. And, and so that's what happened there. But uh, that's all, uh, you know, history there to not relitigate. Dave, uh, from what else Kenny Pickett had to say? He's bulked up, which we already knew. His trainer confirmed that a couple months ago, but Pickett telling reporters he's in that, I don't know, 226 kind of range right now after being around 220 kind of last year. So uh, I think he even dropped down a bit more as the season kind of wore on in the 215 type of range. So he's added weight, also has new equipment, a new helmet. He's wearing that, what do they call it, Vices helmet that's designed specifically for quarterbacks to hopefully uh, reduce concussions, reduce uh, concussion risk, obviously nothing 100%, but Kenny Pickett doing all the right things to protect himself in 2023. I'm all about me some Kenny Thicket. Uh, <laughs> You've been on the internet too much for that language. Uh, he looks good. Uh, best yeah. shape best shape of his life. <laughs> oh, God, we're doing that. Yeah, we're, we're that, in that best, season. We're in best shape of, 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 of his life season. No, I... I you know, uh, and and as you mentioned, uh, his quarterback coach had put that out there a little while ago, and I think kind of that was kind of uh, hinted at what what would be the goal, and you know, obviously all the rigors of a pre-draft process a year ago, and uh, he's he's settled in now. He knows what the rigors of the game are. Uh, the whole helmet thing was 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 probably needed as well too. So uh, yeah, look, I mean, I, it's really an, an it's news, but it's 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 not new news news. But uh, he looks he looks good overall. Yeah, and he, I think I think my biggest takeaway from what he told reporters was how much further along this offense is now compared to a year ago, and that shouldn't be a shock, obviously. But Pickett said, you know, they they put in five or six installs today as opposed to last year when they were at you know obviously step one, step two. So for an offense that's older, more experienced. Uh, you know, Kenny Pickett, a defined starting quarterback, no questions about who the guy's going to be. Um, it's not where it's, you know, Pickett's first practice and Trubisky's first practice and those kinds of things. It's just going to be better for this offense overall. Last year, they were literally the youngest offense in football. I don't know exactly where they stack up this year, but they're certainly older and more experienced for it. And so they're going to be able to really hit the ground running and not go through those terrible growing pains they went through for the first eight games of last season. Yeah, look, he uh, he even mentioned right. It feel he said it feels like they're further along in installs than they were a year ago, and uh, I just you know you, you you really get the sense and have now for uh, several weeks or months now that uh, I'm the captain now. Look at me, I'm the captain now, <laughs> uh, and you know he uh, hopefully he's 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 getting more more input, and it sounds like that is the case. And uh, once again, I mean this you know. What there's nothing that you have seen out of him or heard from him or anything related to uh, anything out of anybody else's mouth at this point that doesn't get you at least excited about how the we talk about process a lot. Right. You know, uh, as far as process goes, I think I don't think you could be happier 
you know, as, as, as an analyst or a fan, fan of this team, uh, when it comes to the quarterback position and, you know, you got Mitch, uh, obviously was already set to return. He's extended. You got Mason back in that room and you've got a lot of, you got real stability there. And I think, uh, that's going, that's going to help. And, you know, can he even, uh, uh, made mention of, you know, ha- having Mitch there is like having another coach on the field, uh, on the field. So, uh, this whole process, when it you know, the proof's obviously going to be in the pudding, right? And 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 whether or not he makes you know the next uh, uh, jump and is it big enough and all like that. But I mean, everything leading up to that at this point, uh, I think has been absolutely perfect. Continuity, Dave. I mean, there's just a lot more continuity. Pickett's second year, Trubisky second year, Pat Myers second year. Got to talk about Pat Meyer, you know, because last year was such a, an issue with all the new teachings and and that entire line that was new itself with Cole and and Daniels and more in year two trying to figure this stuff out. Yes, there are some new pieces in Broderick Jones and Isaac Sayamalu, but just to have that second year for your offensive line coach after all the changes they've had with O line coaches over the last couple of years from. Surrett to Clem to Morgan briefly now to, to Meyer in year two. Um, that's refreshing. So just better continuity overall for this offense should really uh, pay up, pay dividends in a lot of serious ways. Speaking of quarterbacks, Mitch Trubisky speaking as well, of course, asked about the reason why he re-upped with Pittsburgh on a two-year extension, called it an easy decision, really happy with the environment. The culture seems to be really good friends with Kenny Pickett and they're uh, his wife and, and Pickett's fiance are very close. And so Trubisky kind of describing that, yeah, you know, I always want to start, always want to try to compete, but, you know, I like my opportunity where I'm at right now. And I want to stay in Pittsburgh because it's a good place to stay. Yeah. I mean, what's he supposed to say after the fact, but uh, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I think he looked around and kind of saw the writing on the wall and he, he knows he's better off right now. Uh, probably at least from from a couple of years standpoint and all like that. So, uh, uh, you know, the the other thing about uh, uh, you know the, the the stability, and I know a lot of people listening won't 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 like to hear this, but I, I really think Kenny's happy that Matt Canada's at least you know uh, around for one more season. Uh, I think he kind of likes that stability there, and also it kind of feels like you got a good cop bad cop situation there in that quarterback or, you know, on the offensive side of the ball when it comes to Matt Canada and, and, and Mike Sullivan, right. Uh, it feels like Sullivan might be more of the bad cop. Is that kind of, kind of feel, <laughs> I, feel, feel that you get. Can you explain that a bit more? I don't know if I've had that feeling before, just, but just, ahead. just because, you know, kind of, kind of the things that, uh, 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 Kenny said specifically in that Roethlisberger interview and, uh, and, and even Ben's con- kind of comments on Sullivan, like Sullivan's the guy that, you know, uh, wants to, wants to get right in there and talk mm. more, probably more about the negative when they come off the field yeah. or, or a, a lot of that, you know, and obviously I don't know that for sure, but it, that's, it, it's, it's kind of the feel that I got, uh, that, that it might be kind of the, the, the good cop, bad cop situation there. Might be the first time Matt Canada has been called a good cop. I think he's been called a lot worse by Steeler fans. Oh yeah, I get that. Yeah, I mean, I, really think- do you do you view Matt Canada uh, as uh, a Todd Haley type on not, the field? Not in that super fiery, visibly visible kind of sense. But I don't know if he's like Bruce Arians, your best buddy kind of thing, where him and Kenny, you're going to go golfing the way that Ben and, and Bruce went golfing. I think it helps that Canada is up in the booth on game day, and so he can't yell at you on the sideline the way that Sullivan can. can. But yeah, I think Sullivan is certainly like highly disciplined. I mean, he was literally in the Army, coached Army, went to Army, all that kind of stuff. And so I think he's very much the you know technical, we're going to do it until we get it right kind of mindset. So I see what you're saying about that. Okay. Uh, let's see what else there is. Let's do some housekeeping here about Sheila's OTAs. And again, information a little bit light, and we're not there to actually get eyes. But reportedly, no TJ Watt at practice yesterday, and that may be an excuse thing. Certainly no alarm bells going off for that. There were many jokes about him maybe interviewing pool cleaners, which might be a good use of his time. Uh, but Alex Highsmith discussed that about Watt not being there and kind of stepping up and taking a, you know, at least for that day, the leadership role for those young guys in Nick Herbig and Quincy Roche. And so TJ Watt, not there. Uh, Cole Holcomb was only uh, working individually in positional groups, not in team as he comes off of foot surgery. 
And Allen Robinson practiced to some extent. He's coming off the foot injury as well. And so that's kind of some minor housekeeping on who was in and who was out of Steelers OTAs. Okay. Uh, am, am I missing anybody in terms of guys that, that didn't work or anything that we had heard about? Well, I, I don't know if we know specifically kind of, you know, I know there, there were some reports out there about some guys that uh, may, you know, may not be participating. So I don't, I don't want to say specifically that we, we know somebody's, you know, there or not there. Now we know that uh, uh, we, 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 we know that TJ Watt's not there. Correct. At least for, he may be there today. I don't know, but Tuesday he was not there. Right. So, uh, and look, you know, you like hearing uh, what, uh, what, what all was said out of uh, Alex Highsmith's mouth about, you know, being more of the, you know, leader and and helping those younger guys out and those kind of things. Yeah. And Highsmith, they're practicing. I don't know if he was in team, but he was at the least in individual work and in, in there. And obviously he could be kind of doing the, the beginnings of a hold in right now if he wanted to with a contract situation up in the air. But Highsmith said, I like to work. I like to be here. And he was optimistic about a deal getting done. So a good, good sign there for Alex Highsmith still showing up and putting in the work. Absolutely. And I mean, if, if, if you, even if you've gotten to this point now, you have to think that uh, that 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 extension is going to happen uh, sooner rather than later, right? Yeah, to me, it's just a question of when it could happen. Um, is it going to happen in June? Is it going to happen at the start of camp, middle of camp? Is this thing going to go to 11th hour the way these deals have kind of traditionally done in Pittsburgh? I don't know, but we'll wait on, wait and see on that and kind of go from there. Uh, Dave, let's talk about the offensive line now. And again, we're just one day. We're not here to evaluate, but just to kind of get our feet wet in terms of where this team uh, is starting out. It looked like the first team O-line yesterday was really no surprise of Dan Moore at left tackle, Isaac Sayamalu at left guard, Mason Cole at center, James Daniels at right guard, and Chakul Makor for at right tackle, Broderick Jones working um, second team left tackle. But that's not a surprise, just given the rookie nature of it all. Go on, give us a smile. Go on, you know you want to. Well, if it's that bad, maybe you need a bit of help from G4 by Golpa. G4 by Golpa can give you brand new permanent teeth in just 24 hours. They'll give you a new smile that looks, feels, and functions just like natural teeth. Make your appointment today at yourteeth.com. That's yourteeth.com and save yourself $1,000 just by mentioning this podcast. G4 by Golpa. Powered by technology, inspired by patience. Yeah, uh, look, they, they they usually are going to tip their hat to the veterans when they come in, right? So uh, mm-hmm. not too much. I, I I you know I think the thing that jumped out to me most uh, yesterday when we saw those offensive lines uh, was Kendrick Green second second team center, at least so it looked, right? Yeah, he was getting in the one clip that uh, was shared. He was working second team center. I know some people are getting up in arms about that. It's May. There is no clearly the def- clearly defined backup center right now. So there's going to be some options there and some guys that might be playing guard that could play center potentially. Um, so I don't want to you know assume too much out of it, but it is it is something to at least note to start OTAs. Okay. And then with Kevin Dotson, I thought his comments were most interesting and most honest, and you have to respect his honesty, basically saying that, yeah, I lost my job. They paid, say, Malu all this money. They're not going to start me. And basically, I think, beginning to prepare himself to be playing somewhere else in 2023 other than Pittsburgh. No guarantee that happens. Stranger things have occurred. Maybe he ends up, somebody gets hurt, and he stays in Pittsburgh. But I think he's open and okay with going somewhere else. I was caught off guard by him, you know, those quotes by him uh that's that's not ideally what i i i i would have done there yeah i forget all all exactly what he said but basically what i just reiterated in, in the sense of yeah they paid you know this guy all this money and you know initially i thought i was going to be maybe able to compete for a job and then realize that's not going to happen so he was working what second team left guard yesterday probably going to be where he works a, a good chunk of the summer and you can deal him for a day three pick if your own O-line stays healthy, then I think you certainly have to explore that. Yeah, but I mean, I, I would much rather say, look, I'm still going to battle for this and 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 use all the cl- cliches and all like that, you know? Yeah, but it kind of goes back to the Ben comments where I can appreciate a guy being honest. I mean, it doesn't sound good, obviously, to say those things, but it, it's probably the honest truth of I'm not going to start unless somebody gets hurt. And, you know, that's just kind of how the business goes sometimes. So, 
But yeah, I hear you because there's always been kind of some lingering questions about Dotson and work ethic and commitment and, and all those things that, you know, probably is the main reason why he's not in the starting mix right now. He talked about how, you know, he was too penalized last season and that, that certainly backed up this offense and impacted this offense. And probably one of the couple of reasons why they brought in Nate Herbig and, and signed Isaac Samalu. I mean, I, I, I agree it's a Captain Obvious situation here when it comes to him, especially the moment that they you know, that is Sayamalo and all. But uh, I just think he could have – I would if I were him, I would have chose my words differently. He's almost resigned to the fact now that he – you know, it, uh, coming out of his mouth that he might not even be there. And even though that might be in your head, I don't think you need to put that out there because it you know, makes you an easy target to kind of write about too, you know? Yeah, um, but again, I can appreciate a guy being honest about that situation and not relying and not giving out the cliches. But but yeah, point taken um, all around. Dan Moore Jr., uh, speaking of offensive linemen, maybe moving around, Dan Moore Jr. should be in Pittsburgh this year, but said he's open to play in right side wherever Pittsburgh wants him. There was no report he was actually playing on the right side yesterday, correct? Just him saying that he's open to doing whatever the team wants. Am I reading that correct, Dave? Yeah, look, I mean, even if, uh, I mean, we don't know for sure what, you know, if they got one snap there or seven or 12 or what, whatever it is. But uh, I think that's another one of those things that, that, you know, you would expect, you know, it, it, it's only a matter of time, right? At left tackle, is it going to be week one? Is it going to be week three? Is it going to be week eight? You know, so mm-hmm. uh, obviously you, you, you would think that it's going to happen sooner rather than later. And heck, it could happen by week one. But uh, he does need to get himself ready. Uh, and I, I would I would anticipate as we get further on into the summer and definitely when we get to training camp and you're out there starting to log uh, who's where uh, we're probably going to see a lot of Dan Moore right tackle uh, with 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 the second group. And on into the preseason, see him get some work over there as well. What if hypothetically Dan Moore keeps that left tackle job and is the week one starter against the 49ers, which I don't think is the most likely outcome, but I think it's a possible outcome that people aren't considering strongly enough. I mean, just how much time at right tackle does Broderick Jones get during the summer? Probably not a ton because they want him to really focus in on, on left tackle. I know he's played a bit of right tackle at Georgia, but he was primarily a left side kind of guy. So what if more, even for a couple of weeks is your starting left tackle, who is kind of your swing tackle? If it's not, if it's not Dan Moore. Well, I think, I mean, as we get further into this thing, I would expect also to, to at some point you were somebody to report that Broderick Jones is getting reps at right tackle. You have to, you have to get all these sure. guys, uh, those top three guys. Cause you know, you don't want, you don't want to see LaRaven Clark on the field. Right. You know, right. So, but how many reps at right tackle will Jones get? Cause obviously they want him to really, you know, focus in on left tackle and potentially cause they want him to eventually play left tackle probably sooner than later. Well, I mean, I, you got to get him some, I don't know. Sure. I don't know. I don't know how to quantify what that will look like just yet. I don't either, but I think it's a thought, and it's an interesting thought. I, you're right. I mean, Jones will play some right tackle this year. I'm in the summer. I'm confident of that. But how much? And because ideally, you get more more time at right tackle because he's more he's taking all the snaps at left tackle. It's you know you, you've seen him there, and you let Jones get more reps at left tackle. But if it ends up being where Moore's the week one starter on the left side, I just wonder how that might kind of go and. You know, Raven Clark was second team right tackle yesterday. Now that's not a big shock, but you want to point that out. Look, I just want you know they they need they they know it. They know they got lucky last year, mm-hmm. so they they have got to make sure these guys are versatile enough uh, to to rearrange that that offensive line on the fly. So, uh, you know, what you're not. I mean. During OTAs and mandatory minicamp, you probably should. That's the time to at least start getting guys comfortable in 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 different sides, right? Yeah, I think so. And obviously, that's not a, a day one of OTA thing. But over the you know next week, for example, you probably start moving some of these guys around. So something to watch at the very least. Right? It's interesting to see how Pittsburgh delegates and delivers all those snaps, left side, right side to to Moore and Jones. Right, and you know. It, I, I obviously we don't know how this is going to turn turn out, but you, you really have got to. I think you got to like uh, Broderick Jones' chances of being a Week One starter. 
I still think he's the favorite, but I think there's some some obstacles just to be a rookie overall because he's a and he's a raw rookie, a one year starter at left tackle. I know it was a great program, but still one year's one year. And to I mean to see the adjustment in Pat Meyer's system, we'll see how quickly he picks it up. But there's gonna be there's gonna be some growing pains, I think, with Broderick Jones, and that's okay. I think it's a long term play you're, you're you're looking at with this guy, but I think there's gonna be some rough moments he has this summer. Okay. All right, well, we'll we'll definitely got a long time to start watching it and tracking it. Yep. What else stuck out to you, Dave, about OTAs? People still realizing that Darnell Washington is big. He did not get any smaller after rookie minicamp, so there's some some news there. Um, What else stuck to you from comments that any of the uh, players made on Tuesday? Oh, let's see. Who else? Uh, I don't think, I mean, uh, Shannon Sullivan, you know, and I I think that's uh, an obvious thing with, with him kind of initially being the, the the starting slot, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense in terms of what Omar Khan said that Sullivan and Duke Dawson would kind of get first crack at that. And so for Sullivan to be first team nickel yesterday, because he's the, the, the veteran guy who's played that position before, I'm not terribly surprised by. I don't know how comfortable I am him being the week one starter, but I guess that's a whole process to go through and we still have time to to figure all that out. Okay. Uh, let's see what else there is. Calvin Austin speaking. He's healthy. He's practicing. So that's good to see. I don't know if he was 100% full, but he's back out there, at least in some capacity, if not 100%. So that's good. And he talked about how, yeah, he missed the, his whole rookie year, but he had all the mental reps. And he does not feel like he's that far behind. So, you know, got to get him uh, out on the field and staying healthy and all those kinds of things. But good to hear from Calvin Austin. Good to hear that he's back out there practicing again. Yeah, him and, you know, another thing to 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 talk about is Pat Firemuth, right? Uh, uh, and, and we, you know, we knew he'd probably be ready to go and all like that, but just kind of confirmation uh, 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 seeing him out there and all like that after that scary late season knee injury that he had and all. And, uh, you know, Calvin Austin obviously go, going through drills and all. And we'll, we'll obviously see as the offseason goes on if he's able to open it up a little bit, you know, and – uh, see if he can uh, get full speed and all like that. But I mean, as far as far as a health uh, uh, standpoint, when it comes to this team overall, it seems like they're in good shape. Now we knew uh, we knew that uh, uh, Holcomb might be slowed. Uh, who else? Uh, 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 the foot. Uh, I mean, we- Robinson had it. I don't know. He was practicing in some to some degree. I don't know how much he was though. Right. So, I mean, some of the guys that we kind of knew might be slow, like Allen Robinson and, and Holcomb, uh, probably I- indeed are. And that will probably remain the case throughout OTAs and mandatory minicamp with the goal of trying to get those guys uh, fully ready to go by the start of training camp. Yeah, that sounds about right. Or at least maybe the mandatory minicamp, they go out there full. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how they how they play it. Um, one piece of news, not directly related to Pittsburgh Steelers practice, but just from an NFL standpoint, uh, NFL having its owners meetings, they just wrapped up and a couple of rule changes there. Did we talk about the Thursday night games being flexed? Did we talk about that on Monday? I think that, I think that came after. Okay. The, the yeah, podcast I don't think we Monday. did. Yeah. So you can now flex. It's a very, it's a very special set of circumstances to qualify for Thursday night flex games. It has to be between weeks 13, week 17. It's got to be 28 days notice. Um, I, I forget other parameters to it, but that does, I think, put in play the second of the Pittsburgh Steelers two Thursday night games this year, the one against New England, which is what week 14, I want to say. And so that one actually is in that potentially flex category, but you would get about a month's notice ahead of time if that game were to be moved. Look, this is, uh, I was asked about this on Dave Weekly's show uh, yesterday and all, and uh, there, there's only a hand, they can only move two games, right? They can only flex two, and they yes. need, need the 28-day notice on all that, and the Steelers obviously are, are within that 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 section of games there, their home game at Acrisure against the Patriots and all. I mean, that that's Steelers-Patriots. Uh, and like I told Dave Weekly, uh, if that game 28 days, out gets flexed, then something's probably gone horribly wrong with the Pittsburgh Steelers mm, by, 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 by that point, right? Because uh, the Steelers are such a good draw on prime time and all that. You know, why, why would you go away from that unless it was just, you know, 
they were really, really having problems in, in 28 days. I mean, that's, that's four weeks, right? You know, I, I did mm-hmm. some quick math there, but, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I would, I would just be surprised if that ends up getting flexed out. Yeah. But Pittsburgh did vote against it. Art Rooney had come out against, you know, he was fine with the two Thursday night games. The teams could play. He voted in favor of that, that passed uh, back in March, but you know, he was against the flexing at the time. And he was uh, one of the eight teams that voted against, uh, I guess on uh, whatever that was Tuesday that officially uh, were overruled by the 24 teams. I think they needed 24 votes to pass it and got 24 votes. And so now these games will be flexed. One other rule that came out yesterday that I'm equally uh, not a fan of that all fair catches on kickoffs will come out to the 25 yard line. So you kind of pooch a punt or a pooch a kick to the five yard line. You fair catch it. The ball comes out to the 25. And I apologize. I thought on Monday when I talked about it, that this was going to be for punts too. to my understanding. It's not, it's just kickoffs and, and uh, kickoffs after safeties. And so all in an effort to reduce concussions, which I can understand, but this will certainly reduce the number of actual kickoff returns as well. And the number was already pretty small to begin with. And so not a big fan of this rule change, Dave. Uh, I don't, I wonder how long it'll last. Uh, I wonder well, it's a one year trial run. They're going right. To do. Right. I mean, that's what I mean. I wonder if it'll yeah. actually stick. I, they, they probably want to wait and, and watching what happens with, 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 uh, the XFL and, and what they're doing and all like that and get some more data on that. I'm willing to bet. I have a feeling that's where we're headed. Yeah. I, I actually kind of like what the XFL is doing and I, I'm trying to think how best to, to describe it, but basically what, each side lines up within five yards of each other around the, I don't know, a, a return team's 30 yard line, and they can't move until the return man catches it. And so that's a way to actually still encourage returns, still have returns without those kind of car crashes you get on kickoffs where guys are running full speed, 40 yards downfield before they contact somebody. So I like what the XML is doing. I would prefer that much over th- this fair catch uh, rule change the NFL just passed. Yeah, I mean, why not just give them the ball at the 25? And, and that's where it's going <laughs> right now, it seems to be. Right. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see if this – to me, it, it does feel uh, – my my initial reaction is, man, I, I bet we're heading uh, to this XFL type thing just so they can kind of limit the speed of these car crashes. Right. And then obviously these helmets, and we just talked about the Kenny Pickett helmet and all like that. I, 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 I guess the biggest mystery at this point, as long as the NFL has been around with, with technology and all like that, is how, how, ha, how, how are we still trying to find like the perfect helmet and all to, to help with head, head, head. I, I just kind of thought that maybe we'd be further along in the advancement of, of, of helmet safety and all like that. Yeah, that's fair. I'm not really qualified to talk about all the science behind that. I mean, A, for a long time, the NFL was trying to hide its concussion problem. And so had they been more open to talk about those things, you know, 20, 30 years ago, maybe we would be further along today. They kind of really, you know, put themselves behind intentionally. So, and I'm sure it's a lot of science. You're still trying to control, you know, human body and and these big, you know, collisions. And you're probably never going to get it to where it's 100% safe, but you continue to make strides. So, you know, hopefully they, they continue to make their strides. And of course I want players to be safe, but I just don't want to, I don't want to eliminate kick, kickoffs at all. I mean, I don't want them to be just a, a ceremonial type of thing. They should be an Special important teams part of the game. Matters. Yeah. Um, now I think I will, I will say from a purely Pittsburgh Steelers perspective, I think the rule change is probably a bit beneficial because you look at Chris Boswell's numbers last year in terms of his touchback percentage, his kickoff yardage, it was down. It was some of the worst numbers of his career. And so, yeah, maybe the injury that he had kind of dealt with that. But if he doesn't have to kick off as much or if it, it's it's easier on his leg, or if you get maybe a Brayton man who does it, if he beats up Presley Harvin, um, there's some wear and tear that you can say. So I think in in some sense, this is actually a benefit for Pittsburgh, but I still dislike the rule overall. I, I agree. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I like to see. I, I like kickoffs. I like what kickoffs <laughs> the way they are now. I just, you know, obviously I wish they were safer. I don't want people to have, have the head injuries and all like that. So right. uh, we'll, 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 we'll definitely see on that. What- Does an orthopedic condition or sports injury have you sidelined? Make your comeback with GW Hospital Sports Medicine. 
We offer services from neck to toe, including care for shoulders, hips, knees, ankles, and hands. Plus, we're the official healthcare partner of GW Athletics, the DC Furies, and the DC Revolution. Get back to doing the things you love. Learn more at gwhospital.com slash sportsmed or call 888-4-GW-DOCS. Physicians are not employees or agents of this hospital. What did you think about uh, Pat Farmer's comments uh, about uh, Darnell Washington's addition? You know, uh, will hopefully free him up in the offense and re- require him to block less. Yeah, I didn't know really what that meant because if it's still a run play, Pat's still blocking if Darnell's on the field or not, you know, so... Um, maybe there's some things they can do where, you know, Frymuth is kind of backside to the run and he's less the, the focal point of it, which might make his job a bit easier if he's doing backside cutoff as opposed to trying to base block on the front side of something. But yeah, I think overall, I mean, if you have kind of Washington and maybe to some less lesser degree gentry as blocking types and Frymuth as that receiving guy, um, that's probably the way you're trying to build this tight end room. Do you think we'll see them get, uh, get, 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 Fryermuth off the field a little bit more. Um, I mean, he's still the number one tight end on this team. You know, could you go with some? If Gentry were to make this team and be active, two things that are certainly no guarantees. If you wanted to go with some ultra heavy type stuff with both Washington and Gentry on the field on a third and two type run, you know, maybe you could do that. But I think you know Fryermuth's going to be your number one guy. Pickett trusts him a lot. He's a really good receiver. One of the you know, probably at least a top 10 tight end in football. So I think Frymuth is still going to play quite a bit. Okay. Anything else from OTAs? I know there's so much out there. DeMonte Casey speaking about, you know, not sure what his role is going to be. Joey Porter Jr. Crediting Minka Fitzpatrick for taking him under his wing. Is there anything else that I'm kind of missing that you wanted to hit on Dave? No, I think, I think we hit most of the primary stuff, haven't we? You know, the things that stuck out, Dan Moore does look a little bit bigger. And I, you know, I think he, he said as much, right. I mean, I think that's one thing that stuck out. Anthony Miller's still in great shape. I noticed that <laughs> that guy <laughs> always looked who, who would you think Mike Tomlin would say is the top five highest, you know, obviously you're not there and all we have is the pictures to go by on the website. But even if you had to guess out of the shoot, who would you think, uh, would, would, would be deemed as Mike Tomlin, Tomlin's top five, uh, highest, uh, best condition guys at the start of OTAs. No, man, I don't even know where to begin with that one, to be honest, in terms of like the guys who made the biggest jump or just flat out who are the top five most conditioned guys on this team. Is that what, what do you, the, which the, way are you the, asking? The latter, the latter, the latter. Yeah. Ah, man, I don't, I don't even know. I mean, I think Deontay always, you know, works really hard in the off season and, and is in you know routinely great shape. So probably him, you know, from there. I don't know. I do you have any ideas, any names you want to throw out there? No, Dave? I mean, I was just I was just curious if you had some yeah, names. Highsmith, on, probably on, Highsmith works uh, pretty hard. Yeah. Uh you know, uh DeMarvin Leal looks, you know, from one of the side shots look looks maybe a little bit a little bit bigger than than maybe a couple of the other shots we've seen this off season. You think he's closer to 300 pounds now, like 290 or something? I think he's heavier than what I thought he was. I, I'm not good at kind of gauging all that stuff with, with you know, not having the pads on. But that that one side view that they have, have up on uh, uh, on 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 Steelers.com on the pictures from yesterday looks like looks like a little bit thicker. Okay. I mean, if they sign Golden, then I assume that kind of means Liao is going to play really more purely defensive line because you have Golden, you do have Herbig there, Roche. I mean, you could maybe occasionally you know, do something with Liao, but I imagine he would go back to that kind of what he was intended to be when they drafted him, an actual true and blue defense alignment. Okay. Uh, let's see if we got anything else out here to discuss. Yeah, busy first day, but they're back on the field. Should be wrapping up OTAs. By the time you're listening to this, uh, OTAs are done. More interviews are coming in, and so we'll uh, we'll tackle whatever day two brings us. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be too. Uh, you know, Joey Porter Jr. Nice things to say about Minka. Uh, that's that's not unexpected there. Uh, we covered the Fire Moose stuff. Uh, Deontay Johnson's goals. You know, not not surprising. Once I know people will laugh at that, but like he should have big goals. Like it's yeah. okay to have big goals. I know people. It's easy to dunk on him, but good on Deontay. Look, I uh, you, you say 
you know, you get ostracized for saying anything positive about, yeah, we'd like to see his drops go down and all like that. We'd like to see him not run backwards after the catch. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I really think that guy goes into every off season and into the season with, uh, you know, good work ethic and, and, you know, everything that goes along with it. And, you know, unfortunately just drops is going to probably be in his resume. Uh, they, they, they could have helped his cause out and without running so many curls and comebacks and, and those kind of things last year, you know, they, they got to get that guy out in space more, uh, and, and, in in, into after the catch situations where maybe it doesn't necessarily require him to try to do too much, you know, uh, after, but I mean, I, I, I think, you know, since since Deontay Johnson showed up, I, I think he's been a quintessential stealer. And yeah, no touchdowns last year. Once again, the drops are always going to be something that's that 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 that's talked about, uh, that kind of thing there. But I mean, I, I think I you know, we'll see how how run centric this offense is and how their ability to to, to push the, the ball down the field and get yards after the catch. I mean, a, a thousand yards seems it seems doable. But in this, in the same breath, uh, you kind of wonder if he's going to hit it, right? Yeah, he's kind of circled that number throughout his career and obviously playing in a more run-heavy offense like what Pittsburgh was the back half of last year and wants to be, you know, throughout 2023 may, may impact those things. He was at 923 his sophomore year, he did hit 1161 in 2021, his best season, 882 last year. I think there will be more yak chances this year. It just depends on a bit of the volume. He should be right around that that four digit number. I would expect. I mean, if he can hit a hundred catches, a thousand yards, uh, and six seven touchdowns, I mean, you want to uh, talk about a, a, a very good season for him. So yeah, I mean, th- those should be his goals. I just I kind of wonder with the way this offense is going to be, and with obviously with the weapons and 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 you know Pickens going to have to have his and. You know, would right. it would it be in run centric? I, I I wonder if he's going to be able to hit that hundred one thousand mark. You know, yeah, I think he'll be around. I don't know, just making up numbers right now. Eighty receptions, around nine hundred or so yards, and I mean, I'll add one snarky comment here in terms of his goals: a touchdown, one touchdown would be a good goal to have after getting mm-hmm. shockingly a record, an NFL record uh, shutout of touchdowns after catching eighty six passes a year ago. I know we mentioned this stat too, but I was doing a some research into George Pickens wrote a scouting report on Pickens um, for the, the morning on Steelers Depot of the 127 NFL players last year, last year that caught at least 35 passes. Deontay Johnson's uh, yak per reception number was 2.7. That was 120 out of 127 players. George Pickens yak per reception was 2.0. That was 127 out of 127. And so Pittsburgh Steelers starting two receivers ranked 120th and 127th in yak per reception. And some of that's offensive design. Some of that's how George Pickens wins and how he has to improve. And some of that's Deontay running backwards and those things. But you don't want to see your top two receivers be so dang low when it comes to yak opportunities. Uh, absolutely. And, and and we've said that several times uh, at, you know, midway point of last season and on too. And it, it did help, especially when, when, when you're running so many of those, uh, when you're trying to connect on a lot of those curls and uh, outs and all like that, they've got to start uh, getting the football in, in the hands of guys running out in space more. You know, uh, uh, those numbers have to come up, uh, quite a bit. I wonder what the correlation is to maybe that's something we'll put on, uh, put, put, uh, uh, Eckert on, uh, correlation between team yak and deep, deeper playoff runs or something like that. I mean, you mm. uh, just, just, I mean, uh, just obviously you would think that teams with higher yak are, 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 are probably going to do good especially when it comes to because uh, he just did that study on the explosive plays and all like that. And the more yak probably he's going to lend, lend itself to more explosive plays. Right. And all like that. But, uh, uh, and I, I remember going back to, who was it? Uh, not, not DeMarcus Ayers, uh, Eli Rogers mm. uh, era. And, you know, uh, that being a heavy topic around that time about Mike Tomlin talking about uh, yak, and all like that. I mean, if there's one thing they ought to have on that bulletin board in those in those offensive rooms this year is yak. 
I mean, it yeah. ought to it ought to be three. They ought to put it on, you know, uh, put it on everybody's cleats or whatever they got to do, you know, uh, because yak has got to be a big focus, especially if we're not, you know, it's yet to be seen how 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 much better this team's going to be actually throwing the football down the field more than 15 yards, right? So how are you going to create the, my biggest fear is how is this team going to create explosive plays? Because even if they're, uh, even if the run game uh, progresses, like we think it's going or hope that it's going to progress or, or, or their intentions are like, it's going to progress this year. What is that even going to translate into in, 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 in increase of explosive plays? five six of them maybe hopefully yeah, I mean, <laughs> hopefully something more than last year i don't know what like league averages and and where some top tens are in terms of where to put a target number but obviously if you could get you know one more explosive play per game your odds of winning some of those you know closely contested games just went up you know 10 percent or so Right. So they're, they, you know, and I, Yak's going to have to play a big part in an increase in, in of, of explosive plays for this offense this year. Period. Yeah, now, now for Deontay, I think some of that's more the, the scheme of it, where he is a guy that certainly is Yak capable of proving that. And he's got things to work on again himself, but uh, there's got to be more focus on allowing him to, to do that with Pickens. I think it's a bit more, he's got to work on his game, become a more nuanced route runner because he does not create a lot of separation. And of course he was really a vertical guy last year. There was not really a lot of chances to pick up yak. And so I think it's a bit different for each guy where Johnson's a bit more, the scheme has to be friendlier to him with Pickens. I think it's got to be, he's got to grow and become a more nuanced type of receiver and a more complete receiver than what he was last year. But I think to his credit, he was making those strides late last season. Hopefully we'll continue that in 2023. Look, he made some fantastic catches. There's no doubt about that. You know, uh, very strong hands, and you know, there obviously the the catch with uh, against Cleveland sticks out. But there were some back shoulder throws and and some situations on really some 50-50 balls uh, where you know he 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 really got the job done there. Uh, now now we've got to see him get the ball out, out like you said, out in space more and more separation along those along those lines and and would. And look, right when he was drafted, one of the things that I I said, people said, "Oh, you you you, you're critical of of of, of everything there." But I mean, I it, it was obvious with the amount of time that he played at Georgia, uh, and all you know, his route running was very pedestrian overall. And one of the things that you expected expect to happen at the NFL level is for his route running to get better. So that's the jump where you want to see uh, from. We know he can catch the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we, we know he can block. We, we know he can do all those other things there, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I think those, some of the, the key factors is to see the separation and see him be able to get, get open more in shorter areas, uh, and do something with a football like that, just like the rest of this team, you know, the, uh, the rest of these receivers here. And that goes for Allen Robinson as well, too. Cause you know, Allen Robinson, you look back at his yak from last season, now it's small sample size, obviously on top of it. And really, uh, I think, yeah, I, mean, uh, I think a lot of his yak came on a lot, on a lot of shorter catches uh, back in college, if I'm remembering correctly. So it's not like he's been a huge yak monster throughout his NFL career either. All right. That's a great point. I'm looking at his numbers right now. He was 2.2 yak per reception. So if I change the numbers here slightly in terms of re- uh, players with at least 30 receptions, in terms of yak, there's 150. George Pickens is still 150 out of 150, still dead last. Allen Robinson is 148, and Deontay Johnson is 142. And so you're starting three receivers in terms of yak out of 150 receivers last year. Deontay's at 142. Robinson is 148, and Pickens is 150. That can't happen again no. in Pittsburgh this year. Otherwise, it's, this offense is not going to work. Unless your defense is just <laughs> <laughs> the 76 Steelers again. Or, or the 2008, right? Yeah. You know, uh, along those lines. I mean, that, that, that just can't happen again. Period. We're going to find out those first four games and you bet we're going to be measuring that stuff. Hey, you know, along with running a football, you, know, you, you do expect them to be run centric and all, but uh, uh, we better be talking about, boy, can you believe the increase that this team's made in the yak? 
I know the Yak was bad last year, but looking at these numbers, and obviously Robinson was not in Pittsburgh, so you know it's a different projection. But man, these are some terrible numbers. They are. They, they really got to get up. And, and again, Deontay can do it, and I think Pickens is capable of it. And you know, scheme's going to be a part of this thing. But yeah, these numbers have to be better. You know, no matter how good you run the football and 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 that kind of stuff. I mean, it's uh, you need those explosive plays, and 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 a lot of that's going to come from Yak in this offense. I think. Yep. Yak attack. Yak attack. Going to hear that phrase a lot this year. All right, Dave, anything else? Do you want to get to some reader reader emails and close out today's show? Yeah, I don't know how many of those we have here. Let's see here. Let me filter real quick. And then I know OTAs wrapping up and they have it on Thursday. And by the time we come back Friday, we'll uh, talk about the first week of OTAs. All right, uh, Dave and Alex, fantastic job this offseason from Craig. Says, listening to Ben's comments, uh, I'm all for transparency, but sometimes things are better left unsaid. It's not like someone even asked him what's going to happen if Kenny Pickett starts breaking Ben's records or wins more Super Bowls. We all know he will be pissed and then he'll be asked and what what's he going to say? He says, uh, also, I think that Ben's reluctance to embrace Mason really affected both Mason's confidence and the fans view of him. Uh, it's really a shame. I get being competitive, but that's not it. He says, uh, they uh, let's let's take that portion for look i mean uh, we're gonna have to start putting all, all this behind us here pretty soon i'm welcome to seeing how big of a problem it is once kenny starts breaking <laughs> ben's records and and wins more super bowls uh let's have that conversation uh when it happens uh, uh did i think ben uh and i think we addressed this on the past you know on the past show uh I think the initial words that came out of Mason's mouth, and I think this same kind of uh, why y'all bring it. You know, we talked about this the other day. Uh, uh, Mason was behind the eight ball to start with uh, because probably the, the context of things that came out of his mouth. And then obviously Ben saying, why the hell are you drafting another quarterback when I've got these years left in the third round? You could have spent. I, I think all that was 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 went the path that it was probably going to take uh, there. Uh, anything to add on that? My uh, my only thought is if Kenny Pickett wins a couple Super Bowls and breaks a bunch of Pittsburgh Steelers passing records, when someone asks me what I think Ben thinks about this, I will say, I don't care. I don't care. Ben can be as mad or as happy or whatever he feels. I do not care. There's extra Lombardi's in that Steelers trophy case, and that's all I care about. Look, I, I, I think that everything's fine between those two. I don't see how you can watch that podcast the other night and think otherwise when it comes to those two at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. Ben just sometimes likes to say things that other people would not necessarily say, you know, and and, and I'm going to chalk it up to that. I, I'm willing to bet that you see Kenny back on that podcast again sooner than, rather than later. Kenny said during his interview yesterday that uh, him and Ben will be texting back and forth. So, uh by the end of this week, I mean, all, all this should be in a rearview mirror, even though it won't be, but it most of it should be. He goes on, Craig goes on to say, Dave, I know you'd like to mention bingo cards. What are your, you, you guys, two things that have happened this offseason, signings, draft comments, releases that you did not have on your bingo card? Well, I tell you, first and foremost, on my, I did not have on my, the as far as the draft goes, I, I wasn't overly shocked really about anything mm-hmm. uh as far as the draft goes i mean was spencer anderson a, a bit of a surprise guy on the list there uh i was surprised trice fell but uh uh you know that that, that that's that's not necessarily a bingo card there uh so nothing really related to the draft surprised me uh i did not have mason rudolph coming back on the, <laughs> uh, on the bingo card uh for sure uh what else on, uh, on, I mean, Arthur Millette to be gone this time of the off season. Didn't see that coming obviously at all. So that wouldn't have, uh, have, have been on my bingo card. Uh, I was a bit surprised by the, I mean, I wouldn't say I was floored, but the Ogan Joby deal, uh, I, I really wasn't expecting that right at, you know, kind of out of the shoot. I wouldn't say, uh, that's one of those, Oh boy, I didn't have that on, on the bingo card type situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex, yours? I would say he said two, right? So the two that surprised me the most, right? I really either wasn't thinking about it at all or was not expecting it. A, I would go Mason Rudolph returning. So I'm with you there. I'm eating a lot of crow in that quarterback room this year. The other one, and it's not that I 
I, I just never gave it a, didn't know it was a possibility. The Allen Robinson trade. I mean, I would just yeah. sat there and Robinson's a stealer. Didn't know he was on the block. Didn't know Pittsburgh had interest. Didn't know any of that stuff. And all of a sudden Robinson's in Pittsburgh. So that is not what I expected to happen, but obviously, you know, giving up very little to get him. I'm, I'm content with. Okay. Let's see. Moving on here to the next email. We have Paul Brown. Oh no, we, we already got this. This is the compliment on the Mark, Mark uh, Gorsak and, and all like that. So uh, not too many emails in machine uh, this go around. So if you want to change that and have uh, uh, hopefully us answer your email uh, on the next show on Friday's show, the terrible podcast at gmail.com. Uh, anything else to add as we get out of here? Nope, I think uh, we're going to get some OTAs in soon. We'll come back Friday, see if Marcus Golden's a stealer. I have a feeling he probably will sign, but we'll see and, and, and come back then. All right. In the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Steeders Depot. Follow Alex on Twitter at Alex underscore Kazora. Follow the show at Terrible Podcast. Email the show, theterriblepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and want to donate to the cause, SteedersDepot.com. Hit the donate button up right navigational bar. Also, uh, if you want an ad-free version of the site, SteedersDepot.com, that way there. Uh, hope you're reading the great stuff we have on the site throughout the day and all. And uh, uh, Alex, you got a terrible take coming up uh, later today. and. Just a lot of things happening this time of year as well. So we'll be back to recap anything new on the Friday show. And as always, thanks for listening to the Terrible Podcast with Dave and Alex. Did you know about one in nine people over age 65 have Alzheimer's disease? The AHEAD study is looking for people ages 55 to 80 to join the National Institutes of Health-funded AHEAD study. The AHEAD study aims to prevent Alzheimer's disease before symptoms appear. Discovering a treatment that targets brain changes early means doctors may one day prevent memory loss. Help us get ahead of Alzheimer's. Visit aheadstudy.org.